I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? I mean, I feel like an orangutan. Like, that stupid fucking idiot. Like, he's a smart man, but I want to kill him. Eat him. I don't see Too smart for his own good. This whole idea of, like, tying intelligence to what you eat and what you don't eat is one of the most asinine concepts (laughs) out there. It's like, what are we doing? Like, that's for the the job market that we created and nothing else. mm -hmm. Tom, every time you eat a mushroom, you're eating part of the microbial network. You're just ruining... You're ruining... You're ruining nature's internet. (laughs) <laughs> Could you imagine if Paul Stamets, that guy who went on Joe Rogan and did that whole podcast, I mean, a uh, documentary about mushrooms, he was just talking about his penis the whole time, and it's like a joke. <laughs> like, yeah. nothing he said on that documentary was mushrooms. true. Mushrooms. <laughs> just like, uh, you That's know, my just, head. <laughs> I uh, have a camp in Canada where I grow my mushroom. <laughs> my and, and, uh, ugh, and celebrities love my mushroom. Oh, so, you know that guy's got a whole fucking uh, portfolio of me too's, mushroom me too's. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome, come to my psychic level of shroomology. There's no consent in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's still 2001. <laughs> this guy's tripping. Yeah, but he's. I don't trust that guy. One. I don't even know. Who, one, who I are talking about. He's the guy who got, like, the mushroom craze going. Like, everything has mushrooms in it now. Lion's Mane, every grocery store, health food place is, like, mushroom-based. Oh, and it okay. it comes, like, heavily Like mushroom these... coffee, all that shit? Exactly. Yeah. Mike all... had us drinking mushroom coffee for a while. Which Mike? Mike Regan. Where Where do you have you drinking that? In Babylon. Oh, yeah. I forgot you lived together. Yeah. Uh. Fuck. Yeah, he has well, Now he's dead. Yeah, now he's gone. Uh, yeah, I eat Lion's Mane all, every day. And what does it do for you? I don't know. It makes my wallet get lighter. Yeah. That's a, that's about <laughs> it, because you're yeah. also part of the mushroom. You Would you eat actual lion's mane, like the hair shaved from a, a male lion that's the head of a pride? You think that would be more effective than the mushroom? If, if it gave me a boner, killed. yes. <laughs> Is that why you're taking this, so you get more boners? No, it's so my brain can get more boners. It get more smart, fire more neurons. <sighs> I don't even think neurons exist. There we go. I this is a new thing that I'm taking. What is that? Ashwagandha? Ashwagandha? Yeah. Black, what Wakanda? is that black pepper in Dude, there? Th- no, this shit like knocks you out. This is like a sleeping pill that is uh, an herb. Oh, and I don't even Zans? believe in this shit, but like it works. That's good. Hold on. Tell us about it in a second. Let's just do the intro and, and continue the conversation. Hello. Welcome to Rose Mortem. Um, we put the anals in the anals of history. We're talking about mushrooms and weird things we put in our bodies. And it's a history yeah. show. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Travis. Hi, I'm Connor. Mike's not here. He's dead, as I previously mentioned. Travis, what were you talking about? This thing you're putting in your body, your soup, your mind? Uh, ashwagandha. It promotes stress reduction, um, immune system, and mood enhancer. It's basically like an all-organic Indian-type... Xanax, so what's, you can go to sleep. What's the time frame on ingestion to sleep? 
I don't know. I just tried it last night, and I fell asleep really quick. <laughs> Isn't Indian Xanax just waters from the Ganges? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that'll knock you out a lot longer, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> slower, like slower to take effect, but longer lasting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's about yeah. slowing down your life a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. You got too many limbs, yeah. trying you to lose some weight. sleep comes early. Yeah. That's good. I like that. What a beautiful set of people Mm -hmm. that I will never visit. Nothing like drinking dead body water. That's what I say. There's vitamin water and there's dead body water. Yeah, but the Beatles were there. Guys. Yo. Do you think the lizards were there? Oh, yeah. George McCarthy done did it. Who's George McCarthy? Which guy? Uh, He did a hard day's... Town. Wait, is it George McCarthy? Is the fifth Beatle? It's the fifth. Oh Beatle. yeah, George McCarthy. That's the Megazord. They had to all form together to form the Beatle. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. So this is what? How? How's your week going? Now you're taking this knockout juice from India. Damn my week. Yeah, I'm just getting knocked out with Indian Indians. You well, what it does is it does sends out a. Distress signal, and a bunch of Indian men come and punch you to sleep. So oh. uh, I've been beat up. <laughs> nice. So that's why you're not yeah. sure when you fell asleep. You just, it's a little vague after they came and beat the shit out of you. Yeah, and then gang raped a lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could really, you know, oh, I got to take this pill, and all of a sudden, knock, knock. <laughs> God, they're early every time. Hide your lizards. It says 15 minutes, and they're always here 12 minutes early. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Yeah, nothing to report really on my end besides getting eating this Indian root pill. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Connor, what's going on? Uh, I got a full-time job. That's good. Hell yeah, I've known for a while. Now I can say it. I got a job. It's official. Officially official. Very exciting. Gonna have a salary for the first time in my life. Wow, it's great. What it's a good world. feeling. I know. Wait, healthcare. Are you still? Are Hold you on. still dealing with the Dewey Decimal? Oh yeah. Oh, still decimals. Yes. Yep. He's doubling down on the decimals. You're an executive Dew now, right? Executive Dewey. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now I can go to ALA meetings, go on cruises. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know. <laughs> you can go. I give you my permission as an ex-Jew. You can go. I wouldn't be offended. There we go. I'll probably get invited to the Lake Blast Club. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they let Jews in. There's others they don't let in, but I would visit. I don't think I'd be allowed to go because I'm taking this Indian pill. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be like, hmm. Sorry. All right, Dewey you, material. You can come in, but uh, you got to wash your hands a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I also got a haircut for the first time in eight months. It's good. Looking it's a sharp. Good cut. It's a good cut. Well done. Yeah. It's a commitment, too, I see. You went from... So oh. I, I've grown out my hair for the first time in years over the pandemic. Um, like, this is the longest my hair has been since freshman year of college, which was like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and I was on the fence once it got past, like, the second awkward phase of having long hair. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the phases of having long hair. Of course, yeah. yeah. Finally, I passed the second awkward phase, and I was like, all right, now I'm at the point, do I keep it or do I go back to short? And I was like, I'm going to keep it. So Good. I got it cleaned up instead. Cleaned up the yeah. undercut. I undercut. like it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's looking got, sharp. I'm talking to two ponytailed men, and they're both very sexual. Oh, yeah. thank you. Tying it back. It's yeah. good. Let's tie one back, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Tom, how was your week? Oh, God. God. <laughs> I've been... Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this week so far. As it hasn't even been that long. No. 
Really hasn't. So I have been experimenting with medications to help my attention deficit disorder. Dude, you got to take this Indian pill. I'm not touching that shit. I'm not touching dirty Indian water. No, he's got a Pakistani one for attention. Yeah. Well, I've been... um, So I, I was on a medication, and it was an SNRI. And it made me a zombie for a couple of weeks. Um, there was a couple episodes where I was on them, and I like listening back to some of it. I wasn't there, <laughs> really. So this week, what I've been doing is I say, uh, you know what? It's cheaper to just buy Adderall on the black market than it is going to these charlatans yeah. who are going to tell you, no, that's drugs. You need to talk you things out. You need to out. take these other drugs. Like I, I don't care. I don't. I don't want to talk anything out with these people. I just know what I need. I need to focus on things because my brain's all over the place. I've been ruined by telephones, like everyone else who's listening to the show. That's true. Um, so I'm zoning the hell in, and I've been experimenting with Adderall, and I got the doses pretty good the past three days. But today, man, did I fuck it up? Too much? I am cracked out. I really am. I'm very cracked out today specifically. High energy. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I did it. That's good. I okay. So I studied for four hours today. I watched two episodes of my new favorite show, Old Enough. Have you heard of this? God, no. I I don't know if I want it. That's a haunting title. Well, check this out. (laughs) Real quick tangent, (laughs) and I highly recommend this. I don't know how Netflix stock is doing so bad because they have this fucking show. The show is brilliant. So what they do is they get Japanese parents of toddlers to get the toddler to go run errands for them. So that's... Wow. (laughs) That's great. So I thought like, you were going to hey, go a whole different direction I here and be like... did not see Japanese toddler assistants coming. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's uh, Apparently, they've been doing this show since 91. <laughs> and Netflix had just picked up some of the series, and I guess they're rolling them out. These motherfuckers, these little Jirosans, they are leaving their house. They're two and a half years old. They're cute as shit. They're these little meatball kids, right? And they're having a hard times going up and down stairs. And, and the mom and dad's just like, oh, I need an onion to cook the soup. Can you go to the market and give the guy the money and he'll give you an onion? And they do it. And these they kids just are, waddle away. They just waddle down the street. They stop. They look at things. <laughs> it, it's just I'm that. Just, just imagining an army of toddlers in America, like, driving to the Walmart, picking up, like, 30 rack for mom and dad, <laughs> driving I mean, home. Yeah. I mean, if Saves Amazon, driving, Baron. If yeah. Amazon's it's, listening, it's, it's a cheaper workforce driving those trucks. Yeah, that's no, true. Have parents um, who have Prime, if you send your toddler to the warehouse, it's 50% off. 50% yeah. off, Boom. that's it. There oh you go. Oh my God, just have them walk, you know, walk around. And we film it go. and put it on Prime. There you go. Making yeah. its money back. And you might become famous. Right. And now every American's going to do it. Exactly. So I crack through, through a few of those. It's now 930 in the morning. Uh, and you've already studied for four hours. I've already studied for four. Well, okay, hold on. No, it's 1030 by the time I finish the shows. <laughs> then I apply to seven jobs. I'm not even looking for a job. I'm not looking for one. I applied to seven. I uh, reinstalled the new Pro Tools on my computer, which, by the way, Avid, fuck you. You're a terrible company. Uh, anyone using Pro Tools, you know what I mean. Anyone who's interested in Pro Tools, please do anything else than use Pro Tools. Zwick, I'm sorry I told you to get it. Um, <laughs> sorry, Zwick. Just one of those things. So I achieved all these uh, these things today, and I'm humming. I feel like a power tool, and I'm here now discussing it. 
This is good. There were other things yeah. that were accomplished today. Several phone calls, invoices Tom, sent out, things of that nature. Tom, you're making me exhausted just listening I, to oh, what happened see, during your day. Opposite for me. I was feeling a little tired at work tonight. I was like, oh, I got, you know, I've got to keep my energy. I was trying to ration out my iced coffee in the afternoon. Tom's energy is pe- picking me up. Take yeah. it. Keeps it going. Okay, all right. I got to go to bed at some point. So, yeah. <laughs> so Travis, tell us about Chiang Kai-shek. Yes. Yeah. We are on part three of four of our Shanghai Shek journey. Hell yeah. Unbelievable. I'm so excited. Tonight we are going to be talking about war. Yeah. What is it good for? Uh, things like resources, spreading ideology. Yeah, more than nothing. Sorry, more than sorry nothing. guy yeah. who sang that song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it was a lot more than nothing. And we're going to be talking about not just one war. We're going to be talking about two wars that kind of fuse together. Two the, wars? Yeah, the Second Sino-Japanese War and the big one, World War Dos. Okay. Two. Great War. World, the war, war to end all wars. This is the war that end, that came after that. <laughs> this is the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I, uh, I might get excited. Tell me. Yeah. What yeah. is this first? What is it called? The... the China, the Japan, Sino-Japanese War. Sino-Japanese War. See, I don't know any of this. Mm. I, this is my wheelhouse. I'm like want... a 65-year-old retired dad. Just loves reading World War II books. See, I'm also like a 65-year-old retired dad, but I just watch kung fu movies. Ah, you fell into that camp. Yeah, All right. I'm in the much less classy camp <laughs> of 65-year-old dad. Yeah. See, I just watched the History Channel learn about how Hitler's an alien and uh, will the IRA or the Taliban beat you in a fight. That's still the best mm. History Channel show ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate yep. Warrior. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right. So when we last left off, Shang and the CCP, the commun- uh, Chinese Communist Party, had made an agreement that they would engage the Japanese together. They were having this big old civil war. They called it the United Front. And like When the time is ready, because the Japanese were up in Manchuria, they'd work together. Oh, look, Mao and Chang having a good little time eating tiny sandwiches. That's called sushi. Uh, those are tiny burritos. Oh, egg rolls, <laughs> I meant. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm on the wrong side of the uh, the strait. Yeah. So the Japanese had taken a... Right, we're, we're going into the 30s here, right? We, well, we ended the show last week. It was 1932, I think. Around there, early Around 1930s. There, yeah. yeah, so the Japanese had taken a sharp militaristic nationalist turn in the 1930s. Um, Jap- Japan had become the first Asian country to sit at the big kids' table with all the Western powers, right? Everyone was like, oh, wow, you're Japanese, but you can hang out with the Westerners. Yeah, because they were, they were, they were clean. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, they and they had big guns. They had big boom booms. Well, yeah, Shanghai Shek even said so himself. He's like, "I like these Japanese. We're dirty. They're clean." <laughs> yeah, yeah he well, did. so do you think the rest of Asia didn't know that? Oh yeah, they knew. They knew. And they they're, knew. They're gonna find out real soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were actually part of the League of Nations that formed, which I think is way cooler of a name than the United Nations. They should just yeah. get that. We should have been a league. Making yeah. a professional sports league. Everyone roots for their country. It's really mostly about the Olympics. We'd have world peace. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, so the Japanese believed that they were entitled to their colonization period, just as America, England, France, and a lot of 
warhawks in Japan were citing the Manifest Destiny, the American classic, as Japanese, re- its reason to expand into China. They're like, yo, you guys did it. We should do it. I, I see no reason not to back that concept. Yeah. So for years and years, the troops have been building in that Manchu- the Japanese troops have been building in that Manchuria area, and they were amassing around Peking, which again, right now, the capital of China is in Nanking, so it's south. But Shang had fought real hard to get up there, and we went over that last week. Now, everything exploded July 7th, 1937, uh, during the Marco Polo Bridge incident. <laughs> I love that, that even at this point, there's still a Marco Polo Bridge. <laughs> well, yes. Why, why is it called that? Well, the bridge was actually called the Lagu Koi Bridge, but us round eyes were like, that was the bridge that Marco Polo recorded during our, his trip to China in twelve in the 1280s. So it's the Marco Polo Bridge. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I mean, I, I could see, like, look, imagine having your birthday on 9-11. You got to feel oh the same way. God. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I was here first. I, this is my birthday. Yeah, I was born in the year 2000. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> this is bullshit. I had 10 years of firemen screaming at me. <laughs> People are always telling me, never forget my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Never, like, I, I can't. think they don't make a big deal out of it. <laughs> Everyone's always sad assholes. on my birthday. <laughs> now, right. much, yeah, much like the Manchurian invasion in 1931, this whole incident kind of, I'm summarizing in here, but it kind of starts the same way. A Japanese uh, officer goes missing. Uh, the Chinese send over a local mayor to negotiate and get to the bottom of the situation with the Japanese. He's like an the mayor's like an idiot, and bam, Japan la- launches an all-out invasion. Yeah. And this this time, unlike last time, things are not going to end so cleanly. If you remember last time, Chiang Kai-shek was just like, "All right, you guys can have Manchuria, pretty much." They're going a lot mm. further this time. So right. the. What's that? No, I was just all writing you. Sorry for those of you at home. I'm not editing this at all tonight. Uh, (laughs) Don't feel like it. Got other things to do. Probably going to apply to more jobs. So uh, (laughs) these these pregnant pauses are staying. Got more old enough to watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We got a lot of lag. So like sometimes I'm trying to like snipe and I'm just like headshots way off. So the Japanese surged south, and Shang, um, he basically let them have Peking again. Shang's a big fan of just letting, he's a big fan of, like, uh, letting the enemy take a position so he can reinforce a position behind that, but for the most part, he's just letting them take positions. So he, they take Peking, and Shang moves all of his elite German-trained forces to Shanghai to stand and defend. Um, and now this elite, uh, these were all Nazi trained, uh, Chinese. He brought, huh. remember he brought in a bunch of Nazi agents to help train up his army. Right. Um, and this army consisted of 71 divisions or 500 to 700,000 soldiers bunkering down in Shanghai. So, what? uh, nice little squad they got there. Yeah. Nice, yeah. <laughs> nice group of guys. What the fuck? So many people. It's a lot of people, right? Yeah. You don't even you don't even think you could fit them all in them tiny little buildings. I, hey, they fit. I forget what like historian it was, but it's like 
the biggest, the most shocking thing for Westerners is reading about the numbers when it comes to land wars in Asia. Just like the whole Asian, when it like, we're like, because we're in, you know, and Westerners are like, oh, you know, the Battle of Hastings, there's 10,000 men. And this is like, yeah, there's a million guys just hanging outside this city. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. It's incredible. It's incredible what they've done with their uh, fucking. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got, we've got, let's just call it half a million guys, a Chinese in Shanghai against uh, 30,000 Japanese soldiers. The thing was, Japanese got more of them tanks, ships, and planes, the things that I look for in movies. Planes sometimes. I look for those sometimes <laughs> in movies. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the Japanese have way better equipment. You know. It's not, the, it's not the size of the... It Actually, no, it is the size of the equipment. Yeah. And uh, how you use it. but And how you use it to penetrate. If you got, as Krupp taught us, the size is a big help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what she's looking for. Yeah. I'm talking about Lady Victory. She wants to get poked into. Yeah. <laughs> so the siege lasted for over three months, uh, and the violence was so intense during these battles that most of them in the actual city was fought hand-to-hand. Like, oh, well, they, sieges are notoriously pleasant experiences. Yeah. 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 Hand-to-hand oh. combat. Oh, God. Between yeah. the kung fu and the jujitsu artists, this is yeah. a movie that I would watch. This should be a prequel to Rush Hour. Yeah, <laughs> call it Crush Hour. Crush Hour. So they'll get, get through Shanghai yeah. in 1937. Well, I got to You know, what are you doing today for work? Well, I'm going to crush about 50 Chinamen. Uh, yeah, uh, with a, here comes with my. The- I'm going to beat back 50 dwarf pirates with my bare hands. (laughs) Here comes 30,000 Japanese troops Tokyo drifting into Shanghai. (laughs) Right. That's all you need is a... Time to fight them with my hands. A fucking (laughs) Nissan Skyline just cruising across a bunch of guys who are not looking the right way. They're just not. No. Their attention is off looking for dragons in the sky because they've been told lies. Also, because Japan drives on the left-hand side and all of Asia drives on the right-hand side. Never. It, yeah, they, they won by <laughs> by pedestrians not checking which way the crosswalks worked. They kept forgetting to turn left. They Yeah. You know, it's you could have 500,000 Asians of any variety. If you have one Matthew Broderick, they're all going down. Yeah. Death, the entire country, death by jaywalking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so these Jap- Japan's Michael Bay machines completely rolled through the Chinese. Uh, the Japanese crushed Shang's best at Shang- Shanghai, and he sends the rest of the army. I think there was about 100,000 killed, and the rest of the army is sent fleeing back towards Nanking. So this is when we got to think of our dick uh, geography of China, right? Shanghai is on that right ball. And now we're going to Shang's army is moving in towards the left ball. Can, right? He's can you for uh, it's been a while since you covered that. Just restate the um, the image you painted, how to memorize China. OK, real quick. memorizing China, you've got two massive engorged balls like they have testicular unhealthy. cancer, unhealthy. Yes. And then you've got like a tiny little shaft and then a big chode at the top. And the big chode is Manchuria. Like Peking, or what is now Beijing, is like on that shaft leading up to Manchuria. Yeah. And, and the, um, the dick is leaning stage left. Well, so if, to you're, the right. if you're looking at yeah, if you're looking at it on a map, it's the two big balls, and then the dick is on the top, to the guiding right. to the right. 
coming yeah, over yeah. close to the ocean. Yeah, about yeah. to trying pointing to... at Japan right. with Korea dangling off. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a good analogy, and I just wanted to be it clear is a good so analogy. people didn't have yeah. to go back and reference that. Yeah. And it's a good and, way to think. And so Shanghai is on that right ball, right on the yeah, very edge sorry, of the right ball towards Japan. So, following the pube into the center. Yes. It's, so so yeah, you can imagine. Shang just like trying to reach that the seam, you know, like in between the balls, right? That seam area yep. that runs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Ladies, you know, you've seen it. It's the Great Wall of China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so, but Japan is hot on their trail, right? And, um, uh, you know, he's there. They eventually catch up to him at Nanking and they start shelling the shit out of Nanking. And, this was, remember, this was really tragic for Shang because he had built up the city that was like all 21st century. And so now he's just watching the city that he built over the past decade be reduced to rubble. Um, Shame. Just crying. Crying at the camera. Oh, he was a big fan of just like crying. He was a very stoic guy. Like he was very Confucian in that in that sense. But then he'd get caught like crying, <laughs> you know. Crying in the corner or just yeah. like crying openly and, and like Mufasa-like? Um, crying when everyone left the room and like his feet were there. It's good. Yeah. I was imagining him like, all right, you're all dismissed. And the second the door closes, they just all heal like wailing coming from the room. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny how like, you know, you say everyone's left the room, but like the AIDS and stuff like that. It's funny how a lot of like, um, Eastern cultures, from my understanding, they have like, you know, in India you have a caste system and then. In Japan, there's like some hierarchy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like the workforce, especially. Yeah. Right, the workforce. So they don't even consider them people. So it's all right to just like cry and be a baby in front of them. So there's got to be like a lot more documentation of yeah. like <laughs> of aristocratic or um, I, I don't know, like, just like governing Shang's body like valet, people. Just like this guy won't fucking stop crying yeah. on the drive home from work every day. <laughs> just like airing yeah. their dirty laundry out in front of these people as if there's like some kind of weird trapper keeper divider between them <laughs> socially. But it's just like these are people too and they could tell stories, yeah. you know? It's like, honey, how was work today? It's like, oh, uh, Shang just wailed the whole yeah. time. He was wailing and then he was all over It was just me and his cook and his butler and all the other guys. <laughs> but he jerked off. He asked me to clean up the uh, whatever that is, that royal semen. And uh, my God, my God, that guy's got some problems. But uh, I'm Big hoping problem. he does a good job. Yeah. So uh, Shang and the Chinese are forced to abandon their capital. Uh, the, you know, this is like a big moment if you play Civ, right? You sack the capital, dude. You know, there we go. Um, so they abandoned. You got Nanking. so happy right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's two of six. Sorry to interrupt here, but two of six capitals captured on the victory win condition. Travis <laughs> yeah. just gets giddy talking about Civ. Yeah, who does? I gotta get the capital. I got the capital. Travis, rumors of a Civ Seven announcement coming. What? Yep. Yep. Sorry to derail the pod, but saw him saw him earlier today. I, I hope right. that they add the like the Elon civilization where we just have the Tesla factory. You can play as corporations the now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. they're fleeing. They they cross the Yangtze River, and this is a whole fucking shit show because most like I think it was like a hundred to two hundred or like no, it wasn't two hundred. I think it was like two thousand soldiers drowned in the panic going across the river. <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah. Nice. Um, now, the Japanese are in Nanking, and you guys know what happens next, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I so, don't, but I did. Uh, you guys were telling me, I, for some reason, I'm thinking of this video you guys were just discussing before about a uh, Indian men raping a lizard. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. continue. Yeah. So honestly, <laughs> I forced myself to, I did an audio book just on you, the rape. Did you read the book? You read like the like not the official but like the the definitive one. What's the author's name? I don't know what the, it was. A woman that wrote it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's like the one that's like the. It's just, I think it's just called the Rape of Nan King. Yeah, it's called but the it's Rape like of the history, history book to read. Yep. Yep, that was the one I listened to, and I have to say that I think the Rape of Nan King is honestly the sickest, most grotesque moment in human history. Like hands down. Like even with know. all the ancient <clears throat> shit, like. You know, uh, uh, Genghis Khan having lunch over boards of bodies, like human alive bodies, eating tea and shit, or, you know, having tea. Like, this is the grossest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, we, we grew up in the American school system here, so before now, I was under the impression that the Holocaust was the sickest. And when I say that, I mean, I know far Hol too much about the Holocaust. Holocaust might have been, like, the most... Banally evil thing right, humans have ever done. This is like the most grotesque thing yeah. people may have ever done. Well, speaking in social media terms, I'm going to just say that the uh, Holocaust is way better promoted, and the SOT <laughs> on the Holocaust is phenomenal. That's yeah, you got a good point. And uh, good point. yeah, every year yeah. it's like you know, seventh grade you got history class, ninety percent of it's Holocaust, and uh, the following year is just Holocaust the class, <laughs> and it's. In literature, study E.Y. Wiesel, and yep. in an art class, you got to read Mouse. Like everything <laughs> yeah. is just the Holocaust, and like, yeah, I know other bad things have happened, but it's like I feel almost like blinded to them. Well, I was just driving around upstate New York, and there was a random town, population maybe like uh, a thousand people, and they had a Holocaust museum. <laughs> They're everywhere. And my mom gets yeah. mail all the time. She's like, well, "Look, she's like, I'm married to a Jew. I don't need to do any charity again." They're always I've asking done my money. Part. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't need this mail coming in asking me. Like, so tell me about this rape of Nan King. If it's so atrocious, do okay. we need to bring more attention to it I, from I, us Westerners. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm gonna go into some of it. I, you know, this is a comedy show, and like, this is actually shit that like I think is like almost too dark to talk about. But I will. Kind of give you numbers if you want to go do more research on it. There's very specific moments that, like, I was uncomfortable listening to on the audiobook. You know, like, seriously, it's like, well, let's keep the show light because this is gross. <laughs> Just maybe, maybe take a pause, yeah, turn it off for a bit if go, you're home, go, go to read Netflix. the Wikipedia page if you want, like, oh. a diet version. Oh, I, I was saying what? if you need to. Palate cleanse, you can just go to Old Enough on Netflix oh, and just yeah, like yeah. kind of be like, ah, you what, know. Like, one of the things that I think is really ridiculous is there's been a change. And I, if you go to Wikipedia, it's now called the Nanking Massacre. There's been a slight change in people changing the, the terminology from rape because well, it's a you know a trigger the, word. Well, yeah, yeah exactly, is which is rape. fucking bullshit because for some for some reason. Everyone thinks that rape is considerably worse than murder. And neither of those things are good. You don't need to make an argument there. But murder is far worse Tom, by all accounts. Yeah, but Tom, if you're going to put the word rape in front of any event in history, there was 20,000 women raped in this event. That's, that's bad. 
Yeah, I think th- I think keeping that original name would be appropriate. Yeah. yeah, if that many women were violated. Yeah. So over the course of three months, from December 1937 to February 1938, two hundred thousand Chinese were killed and tortured in the sickest ways Im- imaginable. Some numbers put this at three hundred thousand, uh, but to give you a perspective, one hundred and fifty thousand people were killed by Nagasaki and Hiroshima. So two, this is more than two yep. A-bombs of just human torture and, like, depravity. And um, most of it done in close quarters. Well, oh, almost all of it. Yes. Yeah, uh, almost all of it. Right. And as I mentioned, a- as I mentioned, the 200,000 women were raped um, and usually almost always killed afterwards. Um, now, uh, just to kind of... Like I said, I wasn't going to go into it too much, but I mean, this is people boiling a lot, like getting boiled alive. Uh, mothers and grandmothers being gang raped while watching their baby been, being thrown up in the air and bayoneted. Um, bayonets and vaginas. Uh, there was even in Tokyo, uh, the Tokyo newspapers had a competition uh, between two soldiers to see who could behead the most amount of Chinese captives with their katana over a certain amount of time. The, it ended with both of them getting 150 and then kept going after that. <laughs> so, um, There were some reports where I guess there was a massive flood in Japan and there was a Japanese reporter there. Um, because they, they were either mass burying them or they were just throwing them in the Yangtze River. So one reporter said that there was more bodies in the river than this like massive flood that they had, just bodies being thrown straight into the river, just floating down river. <clears throat> Not good. Yeah. Yeah, it would be hard to describe this as uh, anything other than horrific. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. It makes you think. Yeah. Why can't we just kill a few of these politicians? Why does this get to happen? Yeah. And all these <laughs> mean people well, get to run the world. The crazy thing about this, and Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like it wasn't clear if it was a direct order from the top or if it was completely from the ground up. It was like a mix of both. So some of it was just like units going loose. Others were like colonels ordering it, right? From what I from what I, I gathered from just like reading, the, like listening to this book and like reading other sources, it seemed like it was almost like a weird mass hysteria kind of thing. Um, because there was actually one officer that was like totally against it, but then, or like general or something, but officers were ordering their soldiers to do it and they had completely demoral. That's one of the things you do when you go to war. You try to demoralize and like dehumanize the enemy. So sure. it seemed kind of like, I don't know. I feel like everyone it's, just kind of got wrapped up in it. Yeah. It's also the 1930s, which is arguably the most racist time in all of human history. I thought it was now. That's no, what I keep hearing. No. Oh, yeah, it is people now. Just, those people just need to go read books from the 30s and be like, oh, this is what racism is. These people don't <laughs> read more than 144 characters. Yeah, yeah, this is like deep phrenology shit. And like they've got races where like the Germans aren't one race. They're 12. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah so. so now that we got past that lovely topic of the rape of Nanking... Um, now, if you were an average person in China and you weren't part of the two hundred to three hundred thousand people that were uh, killed and tortured in Nanking, you had other worries, and those other worries were from your own leader, Chiang Kai-shek. Uh, mm. So, 
as the Japanese steamrolled uh, the Chinese from east to west, uh, Shang pushed his capital and his troops further and further inland, and his next capital would be established at Wuhan. Um, hmm. Now, never heard as, of that city. Really? Do they have nice markets? What? Yeah, great, great. I hear they like it really slow. Like instead of when you get a Parmesan, they just like don't put it on bread. They just put it in your hand, and it's like wet, like a wet Parmesan. That's cool. Market. I wonder I, if they serve yeah. exotic meats. Yeah. They, yeah. They they serve all kinds of things. I think uh, Fa- uh, Anthony Fauci has a house there. Oh, the Fauci man. <laughs> yeah, he's got a house there. Nice. He's uh he's into it. It's where he grows his sand flies. <laughs> so they push to make their capital Wuhan. Um, now, as they're moving back from from Nanking to Wuhan, Shang takes on a skir- scorched earth policy on his own people. So. <laughs> As he's moving back, he would destroy and burn the crops and towns of his own people, thinking that it would slow down the Japanese, but also, like, destroying all these homes. And I, he just assumed, like, come join the March of Losers. You don't need your home anymore. Well, you'll be safe with us. <laughs> That's how you get him. Again, yeah. he hates communists, but he keeps pulling pages out of Stalin's playbook. Yeah, like, he just keeps doing. He's like, I hate communists. I just got to read more about Stalin and how he does everything in his life. Or did <laughs> yeah. Stalin copy him? This is before Stalin. Uh, so Stalin's copying. Stalin's, Stalin's a player now, I think. Well, no, I but he's there. no, but Stalin's not retreating from the Nazis just yet. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, Stalin might be like, oh, Shane's got some well, ideas. He's got well. a good idea. I could solve two problems at once. This is the. This guy is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this is like. Uh, just imagine, imagine a leader doing this. Now, scale that down to your own life. Imagine being in a bar and just watching a man take a roofie and make eye contact with a woman and dropping it in and going, you're going to love me now. And then drinking half of it himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bottoms up, baby. This is, this is not how you gain trust. You don't ruin people right in front of them. Yeah. Now drink it. He says he holds a gun. He's just like this is this is. Uh, I read a book about a uh, a raping of Nan King. Have you now, read it before? You're gonna read it with me, in my read it now. Honda Accord. Yeah. <laughs> now this scorched earth policy didn't stop the Japanese at all. They're, these are mechanized 20th century Japanese super soldiers. They keep coming. Yeah, and they don't need anything. They came prepared, correct? All they need is the love of the emperor. They had the instant yeah. noodles. They just, <laughs> you just walk. And they had their old enough in- assistants to help them. Right. The, they yeah. Clear the way, please. Mm-hmm. Just mowing, you know, at a machine gun nest. Like, hey, son, can you run down to the ammo depot and get us another belt? Yeah. Can you <laughs> get got some, some of these? <laughs> Hi. Give, give the man a dollar. Oh, God. These <laughs> kids are so cute. I love them. Really do. So now, Shang authorizes probably the biggest loss of Chinese lives during the entire war. You'd think it'd be the Japanese, but no, it's Chiang Kai-shek that kills the most amount of Japanese in this Sino-Japanese war. So Shang orders the troops to blow up the dikes of the Yellow River, resulting in a flood which he meant to use to wash away the Japanese army, but ended up killing uh, nearly half a million Chinese people. (laughs) <laughs> so a lot of world leaders are learning from him Stalin learns his retreat tactics George W. Bush learns the levies tactics from him oh, So I wonder what else we're going to learn Who, What other political leaders did he inspire? 
<laughs> right. Um, on top of the initial 500,000 Chinese, uh, there was another 3 million people displaced and turned into refugees, most of whom, seeing that the uh, Kuomintang leader just flooded their house, joined communists. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Rocking and rolling, as they say. Woohoo! <laughs> Making waves, finding all four corners of the puzzle. We're just vibing, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is, if you want to learn about military tactics, not don't listen to this guy. Don't. <laughs> no. no. Not good. Joseph Stalin couldn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he was, had his, his, his ears were clogged with his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good. All right, so guess what? The Japanese made it to Wuhan, and they fucking steamrolled that too. Sheng's on the run again, and this time he's gonna he's set on making his new capital even further inland, a place called uh, Chongqing. <laughs> I'm just picturing like America getting invaded and Joe Biden being like, "We're moving the capital to Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati's been taken. We're moving the capital to Des Moines." <laughs> Yeah. yeah. At this point, there's no stopping it. So oh, yeah. go ahead, my fearless leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but no, Shang has a new strategy here. So he's going to move the capital into this uh, John King, but he knows there's another major city, a place called Shangsha, that would make a great operation base for the Japanese if they were able to take it. Like, they're like, oh, if he takes Shangsha, then, and we're in John King then, like, they'll be able to attack us easier or something like that. So he's like, and plus, they'd be, be, be able to resupply, they'd be able to loot, raid their army and everything. So he's like, let's preemptively burn that city to the ground. We're not there yet. Let's just burn it to the ground. Um, so, My God. He, yeah. Really? So, he, <laughs> so this would be Joe Biden being like, we got to nuke St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. We got a double student debt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he he the thing is he tells these Chinese officials like all right you got to raise the city, the Chinese officials fail to let the residents of Shangsha know that they're going to burn the city to the ground, resulting in another twenty thousand Chinese civilian deaths. Oh boy! <laughs> and uh, so Shang tries to pass this off My. as uh, dude uh, we didn't tell you to like uh, burn it down it was an arsonist dude. And then he like executes the officials that <laughs> did failed to tell the the people. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Pass the blame. Yeah, add, just add a couple more bodies to the pile. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, in the end, it's funny because the fire of Shangsha. Not really funny, but uh, the Japanese it, it, after the war, they were looking at all the documents and everything. The Japanese were never even planning on going there. <laughs> nice. I didn't say burn it down. I said install a bunch of hot topics. <laughs> With said, fire sales. Yeah, fire sales. Get some, I wanted fire sales at the hot topics. I said open up some ba Dave's barbecue joints. Not burn the place down. Now, <laughs> the KMT, the Kuomintang, is not looking very good. And the Communist Party, who uh, they were supposed to be fighting the Japanese... But in reality, they only sent over about 100,000 troops to fight with the Kuomintang. Other than that, they're just kind of sitting back in the middle of nowhere, just watching their country burn from the Japanese and Chiang Kai-shek. <laughs> you know, it's great. Burning He's supposed to be helping, but yeah. he is. 
Just the wrong team. <laughs> yeah, he's helping. Well, he's kind of helping them too. Just driving more communists into their arms. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Now, Shang was constantly trying to reach out and get international aid from this attack by the Japanese. Not only was he kind of a laughing stock because people were seeing that he was just burning his cities, he was still kind of in the good light of the West. Like, they were just kind of like, oh, well, he represents, like, the non-aggressive. Like, he's being invaded. He's doing what he has to do. But things were getting invading a Invading himself. Yeah. <laughs> things were getting a little heated in Europe in uh, 1938 and 1939. Huh, uh, what's going on? Yeah, well, you know, there's a little guy with a mustache, and he really likes Polish kielbasis. <laughs> how, Pablo when Picasso? You, when you mm -hmm. say little guy, how tall was Hitler? He was like 5'7". What a gay. <laughs> he was short, I'm pretty sure. I think Ava Braun was taller than her, him. Uh, you know what? Either way, he's a short guy, king. How Big tall? Old boss. This well, is a great Google search to have. How tall was Hitler? Yeah, this is yeah. good. They're gonna five nine. Five nine. Five, five nine. nine. They made he that up. He wore lifts. No, yeah, he he's, a, he's yeah. a Johnny Depp five nine. <laughs> he's yeah. really five seven. Putin five seven. Really? Whoa. That that's got to be American propaganda. Yeah, right? that has to be. He's probably, probably seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> he's a gigantic he's human. Be huge. What, so so yeah. wait, can I, can I just say, yeah. people also search for, when it was Hitler's height, Putin, Napoleon, Mussolini, Goebbels, and Frank. And Frank's height. <laughs> oh. Well, well uh, to be frank, she five, was five, little four, girl size. Five four, by the yeah. way. She was, little, she was... Her, her dress <sighs> size, uh, negative zero. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Pick up our, uh, our uh, commemorative Anne Frank mop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Europe's a little busy They're not going to give support The Americans did offer some support to Shang um, This was mainly thanks to some premium diplomacy From Shang's wife, Mei Ling Remember, she spoke English She was educated in America She became very good, close friends with the Roosevelts um, And we're assuming she's hot as shit She's pretty slamming that, That's yeah. going to be my headcanon We'll just we'll all pretend that, right? Yeah, yeah. let's just we'll look her up. She's fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, May. It's cute. Yeah. Um, now they did they did send support, mainly air support, at, with pilots and planes, and they set up a group called the Flying Tigers, um, which were I think like I think one of them was like the first American ace, and technically in World War II, because he was starting so early. Yeah, he got <laughs> um, a head start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're flying Corsairs. Yeah. Cool planes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the group that did align with Shanks, ironically, was the Uyghurs. The Chinese love those guys now, right? Yeah. They're, they're sending them all to summer camps. They must be treating them right for helping defend the country, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, of course they are. They just love Uyghurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, these Western Chinese Muslims ha had just been like not involved in any of this. They're just hanging out in the desert and shit. And not all of everything I mentioned the past two episodes like didn't really affect these guys. They're just chilling. Um, but Shang was able to rope them in, and so they're joining in the fight as well. And they're going to come up in a sec. But I also wanted to catch you up on our boy Wang Jingwei. You remember that guy? The guy who was uh, the centrist who set up, like, the own KMT government in Wuhan? 
I'll say right. I'll say yes. Yes, yes I remember for the him. sake of yeah. moving this along, but. <laughs> For the record, the only person I really remember is Donald from China. I was going to say, where's China Don? Yeah. Oh, Don, Don's coming in. Don's coming right, in. Good. Okay. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. He so, was, China Don was this guy's advisor, right? Uh, That's how we got to start? Yeah. Oh, no, no. He was. That was uh, the young marshal. He was young the advisor marshal. young marshal. Yeah. Um, Love him. No, uh, Wang, Wang Jingwei was the guy who was sympathetic to the communists. Right. And when, yeah, right. and then like authorized a uh, bounty on Chiang Kai-shek's head after the executions and stuff. Um, you'd think at this point he would have been a full-blown Mao butt boy. Um, but I guess he was still really upset with Shang. So he decides to become a turncoat and joins the Japanese and becomes the president of occupied China in Japan and leads the government in Nanking. Very uh, very good time of year for him to be in Nanking. I'm sure there's lots wow. of wailing and screaming and people boiling. So he's the Chinese Pathan. Yeah. Yeah. Chin- that that sounds like extra racist for some reason. That sounds like the most racist thing we've said so far. Well, it's a French guy. Well, here's the thing. It just sounds racist. Because <laughs> he's French? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because when you, you know, when you characterize i don't know it's projection <laughs> or something that i've seen tweeted recently all right look appropriation look i don't want to keep keep you guys waiting on on donald of china i know no no i'm oh, sorry yeah, yeah, i'm yeah, yeah, the yeah. one no, ruining it no no please, no. Bring, please bring back china don we will we will catch up on china don right now so chang is holding out at his capital his new third capital at uh john king while the Ch- japanese sweep through the country now Donald of China. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> really not. I mean, yeah, he was an advisor for young Marshall. He like hung out with Chiang Kai-shek and his wife. But for whatever reason, the Japanese thought that Donald was like the chief military strategist for Chiang Kai-shek. Oh, and so, <laughs> even though he's a journalist. Yeah. Even though he's just a journalist. Wow. Hates Chinese food. <laughs> That's pretty racist of the Japanese to see the one white guy and be like, well, he must be the military. He's got to be fucking yeah. important. This guy, this <laughs> guy's got the rules. So I mean, they, he might not be the best, but he's up there. <laughs> so they're like looking all over China. Like they're trying to find the seven dragon balls for this guy. They're going all over the place. <laughs> they're looking underneath rocks. They're looking in the well that has the fleshlight mushroom. They're looking everywhere oh, for yeah. Donald of China. <laughs> Who's, who wouldn't look? So as it turns out, the Japanese had already captured Donald of China, um, and he was in a POW camp uh, <laughs> for about five years in a Japanese POW camp. You so think they, he'd like stick out like a sore thumb, right? Did they not know it was him? <laughs> yeah, like, no, they didn't know it was him. <laughs> I mean, I'm taking it all back. I think Japan's a dirty country. <laughs> I think they're a very dirty country Oi, mate, to do that. I, I'm China Don. I swear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me, me. China Don. I don't care. I like your food better Come than yours. Come on, mate. Your sticky, your sticky rice is ten times better than the old pork fried bullshit. I keep um, you looking for me. I'm right here. I am going to buy a hot tub and have a, one of those hot rod calligraphy guys come over and write. Donald of China <laughs> on the side of it with some racing stripes. Yeah. Real nice cursive. So when I get in my hot tub and go relax. Just like China Don. Just yeah, like China Just Don. like China Don. Top of my game. So yeah, he spent the like five years or so in this Chinese POW camp and he was released at the end of the war. 
he eventually, uh, I think he was hanging out with Shang for a little bit. I think he went to back to Australia, and I, I think he died in 1945. He was old. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't think it really, ha- it didn't have anything to do with the POW camp. Maybe he got some weird, I don't know, experimentation we're gonna, done. We're going to have to assume that he got laid to death or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's he what was I'm going with. Probably was- fucking in his 80s and 90s and just, yeah. you know, got clonked by some massive, beautiful tits. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, Shang is pretty much like the Asian Charlie Brown. Just everything's on fire. Uh, he can't do anything right. <laughs> He's just, oh, crud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, the Japanese are raping and slaughtering his people. Um uh, um, he's aligned with the communists, but they're spreading anti-nationalist propaganda about him. And on top of that, a uh, border crisis erupts in Tibet <laughs> in 1942. Uh, so he's already strapped for soldiers. So Shang is like, I'm going to send all those Muslims, uh, the Chinese Muslims, to go deal with the Tibetan separatists. So he sends them down. They burn monasteries to the ground and pretty much do the same thing. Uh, Japan's doing the China, um, but yeah, <laughs> just right. really rounding out his profile. Yeah. Really, just killing all different types of Chinese people. All right, I'm learning so much. Now, with this crisis flaring up, December seventh, nineteen forty-one, a day that would live in infamy. Is that the right quote for the right thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, really bad day for some sailors in Hawaii, but a great day for Chiang Kai-shek in China. <laughs> also, at the time, great day for those Japanese pilots. Yeah, the ones that well, didn't really dive bomb. Yeah, they all dive bombed, didn't they? All just die. No, torpedo bombers. That's yeah. what fucked over everyone at Pearl Harbor. Really? Yeah. Uh, hmm. You know, it's interesting. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> So the reason why I say it's a great day for uh, Chiang Kai-shek is because Pearl Harbor was exactly what Shang needed, sort of like how 9-11 was exactly what jingoistic pop country needed. If we didn't have that, <laughs> come on. Where would our uh, pop country boys be with their what? country hats? Yeah, I mean, the country would be uh, infinitely better. Yeah, who would Bradley If we Cooper... could get another 9-11 in here. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone, shake us up again. I, w- I want to wait in two forty-five minute lines at the airport. Yeah, I uh, would love financial institutions to suffer for an afternoon. Just the afternoon. Just the afternoon. Yeah. Truly, it, it really has. If you look, bounce back by morning. Yeah, it was really yeah. like, oh, we're trading hot today, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so mailing was almost instantly sent over to Washington to discuss uh, with Roosevelt on how uh, America could help. Now that they're fighting the same enemy, the Japanese. Um, now, interesting, Mei Ling actually became the second woman and the first ever Chinese person to address both houses of Congress. Wow. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, good for her. I could imagine, because of our canon we've created, she looks something like an Asa Akira or something like that. And she <laughs> is talking about policy with a man whose lower body doesn't work. He's playing ball, all right? Uh, we've seen that dog of a wife he has. 
Yeah, but Eleanor is probably just as into oh, yeah. her also. Well, I mean, I'm not saying they both can't get their, there you go. their yeah. rocks <laughs> off. I'm just saying, like, they're both going to be engaged. She's just like, come sit on my plaid blanket <laughs> and tell me what I you have in mind. I can't feel it, I swear. Wink, wink. wink. Yeah. <laughs> I can't feel it. Oh, my. That hasn't happened in years. Well, yeah. since you're there. Do you want to play chopsticks with me? Well, well speaking about playing chopsticks, so Mei Ling was the right person to drum up support with the Yanks. Good. First of all, she was Christian. You know, that's a big one. She's a Ooh, Baptist yeah. or a Methodist. A Methodist. All right, yeah. cool. Um, and a lot of, let's just say a lot of the representatives in Congress would have liked to get a Chinese massage from her. Dude, she does the full thing, don't she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was actually... A talks of an affair going on in D.C. between Mei Ling and an unnamed politician. Now, wow. Shang does It was Nixon. To- <laughs> really? Hot, no. Young, hot Nixon. <laughs> Nixon is a congressional aide. Could you imagine Nixon young, but also he was hot? That would be <laughs> No, weird. but he never was, happen. though. <laughs> no, I know. He looked like he wanted something all the time. He's yeah. not like he never he had, had a gin. physical appearance that is passable as comfortable by any for any gender or any sexual desires. He's yeah. like ah. like his wife Mrs. Nixon, honey, you look like you're gonna rape me again. <laughs> and uh we're in public. Stop licking your lips. Stop it. And he's all oh, honey, I uh, and, and, and uh, you I know what? smoke and a drink. Who, whoever it was. Well, we know it's not Richard Nixon. Come on. He's not charming enough to get together was, with our Lucy Liu. It was JFK's story. dad. JFK's dad. <laughs> JFK's dad, probably. Yeah. What was what was that? Um, was he a Robert also? Uh, no. Wasn't he? A, he made him. Oh, no. He was John. John. Yeah. He was JFK John. was a junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. one of them was a junior. Yeah, so. Well, okay. no. Old then, school JFK. Then Jackie Jr. would have been the third. Right? No. Robert John, Kennedy. Jackie. Two different names. No, Jack is a nickname for John. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, yeah, it's it is. not. No? No, my grandfather's name is Jack Saltman. Well, no, I think there's the name Jack, but but why was he called Jackie Jr. then? Because he was fucking dumb. And he didn't know how to fly a plane. That's true. I don't Did know. This whole conversation makes me want to All put right, a bullet in my brain. Whatever. Yeah, yeah sorry. On. I was just going Western real quick. I'm bringing <laughs> the audience back in. Come on. It's a little teaser. Come on. China Don's, he's out. He's out. All right. May's banging a senator. Yeah, Good for her. May's yeah. banging a senator. Now, Chiang Kai-shek tried his best to squash the news. Uh, he even, the, the, the couple, the Chinese couple, Chiang Kai-shek and Mei Ling, were even on the cover of Time magazine. Whoa. Wow. Just oh, just a few years after Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so FD, FDR is like, all right, we're going to get involved in China because now we're, we have the same enemy. And so he sends this idiot general. His name is Joseph Stilwell, better known as Vinegar Joe. <laughs> oh, yes. What's with these names? Why are they all capital? They're all the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> we need better nicknames again. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm assuming that's because he pisses vinegar, right? And well, drinks it. And drinks it. Yeah. <laughs> In and out. That's very healthy. Oh, God. Apple cider. God. Apple cider vinegar. Is that, that's that's um, the, the 90s mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> craze. Okay. 
old just put old some apples. apple cider vinegar on it. I mean, I've seen it on pornography websites the advertisements. So just put that on your penis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> why? Who is this? Where do? You, why do you want me to click this? Yeah, just sound some apple cider into your dick hole. Just put it on there. You're gonna be <laughs> 15 inches bigger. I like the ones where it's like, do you want to come like half a liter? And it like shows. <laughs> yeah, like, That's great. No, I don't, dude. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> nah, dude. That's just more cleanup. Yeah, I want enough for like just baby amount. That's it. Yeah, like I, if if I wanted a baby, that's the amount. <laughs> so vinegar, vinegar Joe's come in a half liter. Uh, he shows up in China, and he becomes the military advisor to Chiang Kai Shek. And let's just say, so, were, so now the white guy is the military advisor. Yeah, now After the Japanese yeah. are like, yeah, there's definitely a white guy who's a military advisor. Yeah, it's not Donald of China. It's Vinegar Joe that is the military advisor. Gosh. I mean, honestly, the Australians, Australians in World War II, what they had that, what was the, the gun they, they had like a man, like a fake ass gun they were. Oh, it's called a boomerang that they just painted <laughs> black. Yeah. And they'd go pew pew. Yeah. No one's believing we'll that. The, no one believing that the Aussies have military advisors. It's just some drunk guys wearing folded hats, shooting whatever moves. Yeah. That's <laughs> the Australian way. Yeah. And when they, were, when they were done fighting Nazis and Japanese, they started killing emus. So they had nothing better to do. God. <laughs> There's a movie, an uh, Australian movie, called Awaken Fright. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of this? Dude, it's brutal. Um, Donald Pleasance is in it. The guy from Halloween, the bald dude. Oh, yeah. He's an Australian fella. This movie, Awaken Fright, they must kill legitimately... 40 to 50 kangaroos on screen. Like, they film it. They, they film, film the killing. actors just killing kangaroos. It's insane. Just for fun? Yeah. Because they're, like, the whole thing is, uh, not that the plot matters that much, but there's a scene where it's just, like, these four characters just go and get hammered, drive out into the fucking desert, and just kill kangaroos. And they film it for, like, God, like no joke. It is the most gruesome shit I've seen Probably ever. I was watching it with Gab, and she was just like, we have to turn this off. We have to turn this off. I just watched 10 animals get murdered. Oh my God. And, and, and violently. Like, they'd shoot it and be like, ah, he's going to get away. It's just like, all right. And then one of the dude would run up and just slit his throat. On what camera. It's shit. real. It's all fucking real. It makes Cannibal Holocaust look like like uh, fucking uh, old enough. <laughs> all right. So let's just say... Uh, so. Let's, Sorry let's, for the tangent. Yeah, that no, had nothing to do yeah. with China. <laughs> yeah, I like Australia a lot because they're uh, they seem like fine people. Uh, yeah, Continue. Well, Vinegar Joe is an all-American. He's not killing any kangaroos. He's all-American men. And uh, let's Don. just say that uh, him and Chang, their relationship was a hate-hate relationship. They both mm. hated each that, other. That's good. always healthy for when you're fighting a major war for survival. Yeah, yes. Vinegar Joe used to. Call Chiang Kai Shek Peanut behind his back is in his like <laughs> journals. He would tell his aides, and it actually got to the point where Chief of Staff George Marshall of the Marshall Plan got wind that Vinegar Joe was saying calling Shang Peanut, and he like literally had a meeting with him. He's like, "What the hell do you think you're doing? <laughs> like, stop calling this man. Cut that pro shit probably out. execute you." <laughs> yeah, hey, there's a little Peanut over there. What do you mean? Why they, they they need me over here. Don't worry, George. I don't need them. He's always crying whenever we leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you can call him Peanut. 
when you get back to the wide-eyed country. <laughs> but right now, smile and nod. <laughs> so it became very clear that the Allies were not really lending support to China as much as they were just helping themselves. Um, in a meeting between FDR um, and Churchill, uh, in, a, in a meeting between FDR, Churchill, and Shang, uh, FDR and Churchill kind of were like, yeah, we're just going to defend, like, the, the Japanese have pushed into Burma, and we're just going to defend British India. <laughs> and we need your troops to do it. We're not sending any troops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, send them south. Yeah. I mean, there, there couldn't possibly be any real interest with the Americans in China. Like at this point, they're not, they weren't industrious yet. They weren't doing, they weren't, their output was like none. It was just a front line. Yeah. There's no like, like, like FDR most likely egged on Japan as much as he could with these talks. It was like more of an egg on because of the financial crisis in the States. Right. And war fixes that every fucking time. Well, I, the only thing that the that the Americans were very interested in doing, and I think we kind of touched on that in previous episodes, was that we've always had a thing of just trying to back who the winners, you know, get them deep in debt, and then so we can come back and be like, oh, you owe us all this. Yeah. So, like, they had kind of hedged their bets on the KMT and Chiang Kai-shek, so, like, they're so deep in it now, they're kind of like, well, I guess we got to stick with him. They don't know the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And, well, let's just say Churchill was Churchill. He hated Chinese, and he hated anyone that wasn't obese and white and had type 2 diabetes. He hated the yeah. Chinese so much, he wanted to use them to defend India, which he also hated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, fucking Churchill, man. So, basically, FDR and Churchill are like, we need your army. We have to defend this thing called the Burma Road. Because it needs to supply China. So we don't have the Burma Road. You're not going to get any um, supplies. Even though they were sending supplies, what they called over the hump, which was over the Himalayas via air. I had a family member who flew that route. Really? Really? Yeah. It was like a great, great uncle or something who flew the hump. That was very a very yeah. dangerous flight. You're going over the oh, Himalayas. Yeah. Said flying back was actually worse, mm. I think. Because you were lighter, and for some reason that made the aerodynamics harder. Whereas you're heavy, it's just like just get it just above. Whereas if you're light, once you're that high, the light. Know. Well, with the light stuff, you have the air's like it's also it bounces you around. More. Right, exactly. Yeah. You you yeah. get thrown around more, and yeah, at that altitude and everything, it's yeah. The flight there, you're basically just like crawling it over, so it almost feels easier. Well, also when you fly, when you fly east, it's shorter. That's true. I, I I like to think about it like this. Imagine if a seagull's carrying a bologna sandwich it picked off of a broad that was eating it on the beach. If you pelt a hot dog at it when it <laughs> has a bologna sandwich in its mouth, it's going to have more weight behind it, and you're not going to throw it off into the water. If yeah. you pelt a hot dog at a <laughs> seagull that's not carrying a bologna sandwich, that shit is fucked, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's flying. I mean, yeah. you've really boiled down the subtler moments of uh, air travel storage and uh, trade. Yeah. So, yeah. that's good, Travis. Pretty much. Uh, I'll, I actually give pilot license lessons. If you'd like to come and chat with me in private, DM me. Learn how to fly with Travis. He yeah. Doesn't know how to land, though. No idea. No. No, no. Neither did those guys in 9-11. <laughs> they didn't know. They were very bad at their job. Yeah. 
All right, so Vinegar Joe is constantly badgering Shang to send over his best troops to take and defend the Burma Road. And Shang is constantly pushing back, saying, like, no, my dude, my country's getting fucked here. Like, actually fucked. Like, uh, I'm not sending I, my best troops. Can't you see I've been fucking them? <laughs> yeah. You gotta stop me. I'm crazy. <laughs> Do you see how many people I've burned? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, Shang likes to bring up the fact he's like, you know, and this, I kind of pictured this being, this is racist, but in, in like a Master Splinter kind of voice of like, oh, you guys have only been fighting the war for a few years. We've been fighting the war for Tra like seven years. <laughs> Travis, you just figured it out. You just figured out the whites game. <laughs> no, okay. Nobody is doing an Asian accent or an Asian appropriated caricature. It's a splinter. They're doing impression. a splinter impression. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we can do as many splinter impressions as we want. That's a yeah. rat. That's, That's a rat. rat. <laughs> it's just a fictional rat in a purple wardrobe. That's true. It's fine. Not wardrobe. Robe. Robe. Yeah. God, I, you know, you know what I mean. I got you. So, God, so, I can't wait to share this with all my white supremacist friends. So Shang is <laughs> Shang is not having a good time. The Americans are starting to like slowly and slowly be like, he's not sending troops. He's not playing ball here. Um, and to make matters worse, Mao and the commies had like put on like the most like happy face for the Americans. They were like Americans had sent like an embassy to them and like journalists. And Vinegar Joe was like all about like stop trying to fight the commies and the Japanese. The commies are your friends, like you know. And it's funny because I actually saw a book on Joseph Stilwell, and I was reading some of the reviews on Amazon, and it was like it's called like Stilwell, the American Patriot, or something like that. And one of the reviews was like, I love this book. Stilwell is such an inspirational American, but I don't like how he liked the communists. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how he hated that Chinese feller, but I don't like that he liked the commies. <laughs> Crazy. <Yeah. laughs> um, there was more meetings between uh, Roosevelt, Churchill, and Shang. There was one in Cairo, but the second meeting, he um, would Shang would not attend the meeting if Joe, old Joey Stalin was there. So <laughs> they had a separate meeting with Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin that took place in. Tehran. Um, uh, see, I was kind of yeah. hoping they'd do like adjoining conference rooms at the same hotel, <laughs> right? And so, like, they'd all be meet they'd be meeting with Joe, and Joe'd be like, uh, "What's that crying sound in the room next door?" <laughs> be like, oh, "That's our next. That's our two o'clock, Joe. Don't worry about it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, so the you know during the meeting in Cairo with Shang, they were all like, "Oh yeah, don't worry, the Burma Road, we're gonna supply you and whatever." And then when they go to Tehran, um, they're like with Joseph Stalin, FDR and Churchill are talking about how they're going to divide up China, which is a direct violation of the Atlantic Charter. Uh, but, you know, uh, the Americans never really play by international law. Um, but, yeah. Who does? <laughs> we Who does? write the law yeah. for you to follow. Yeah. <laughs> Got to make new laws now, all of a sudden. Can't get called out on stuff. Yeah. Just like, well, you know, there's an exception here. So what it was with the U.S. and the U.K. were basically using China and and to some extent the Russians were using China as a buffer for their own war efforts. So when Burma was the U.K., the eastern part of China was what the U.S. wanted to set up airfields so they could run bombing raids on Japan because it makes so sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
All this time, old Joe Vinegar was trying to sap more and more power from Shang, who was always hesitant to do anything. Um, Joe, Joe was so pissed off at Shang that he once even, um, oh yeah, that he supported, he used his support to try to bypass Shang and make himself the supreme leader of the Chinese troops. <laughs> like, we're just going to call me supreme leader now, and I, you're not the supreme leader anymore. So how did that get resolved? They were like, eh, we're not going to do that just yet. I don't think any American <laughs> should be called the supreme leader. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. Sounds good to me. I've seen a few animes. <laughs> they just bring those westerns in. Now, the relationship got so bad that there's actually a documented case, multiple cases, of Vinegar Joe telling his subordinates uh, to get the right people in place to take Shang out. Oh, my God. Yeah, and one scheme that Joe made to take out Shang was that he would fake an airplane crash and give Shang the old lead parachute. <laughs> oh, did this guy go home to create the CIA? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know Mer what he did after the war. He's looking to him. <laughs> Americans have been doing weird stuff like this for a very long time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, sneaky intelligence-based murders and... Assassinations and blowing up our own shit. It's kind of our forte. Yeah. Now Roosevelt treated Shang much like uh, you treat a child, right? Like if you you played ball, you'd be like, and he, he talked about like him like he was a child. He's like, oh, if you do this, I'll reward you with more supplies. I'll give you lend you more weapons. You know, um, peanut want a peanut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, Vinegar Joe was actually able with his supporters in Washington. To, to convince Roosevelt to give Shang an ultimatum. Either surrender his control of the Chinese troops to the U.S. Uh, and, like, their military advisors, or be cut off for any supplies. Um, now, the, the letter was received from Roosevelt to Vinegar Joe while he was in China, and he was more than happy to deliver it to Chang in person. So... Uh, he shows up at Chang's office, and another American advisor's there, and he's like, "Look what I got, Doug. We're gonna, I'm going to show this to him, and I'm going to like make his advise or his translator read it out loud in front of me. Hell yeah, it's going to be the best moment of my life." And the other American was like, "Isn't there like a Chinese translated version you could just give him? Like that? It's not going to be good if you're having like the translator you're gloating just tell over him it. This. Yeah, right. Yeah, he uh, he wants so to watch his face." Do you think he was eating a bag of peanuts as he walked? <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Um, so eventually, the the other advisors like give him the translated version, and they go into the office and they're having tea and whatever, and he's reading it, and uh, he gets to the point where he sees the ultimatum, and he just puts the cap on his tea, and uh, Vinegar Joe is like, "That means that it's over, right? That means that like we gotta leave now. That's what the Chinese do when they put the cap on our tea, right?" <laughs> I've seen this before in their movies. Yeah. I've seen uh, Boris Karloff do this as Dr. Gong. Yeah. And then John Wayne played Confucius in that next picture. Yeah. And he did the same thing. Yeah. Just, just put the thing on the tee and uh, call the day. <laughs> now, Vinegar Joe's stoked. He's like, I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be in charge. But Chang was able to put enough pressure where he was like, I will get rid of all control of my troops but I'm never letting Vinegar Joe take over that position as commander. 
So Roosevelt uh, fired Vinegar Joe or like moved him, you know, somewhere else. Uh, and a new commander, this guy named Wiedemeyer, was brought in, uh, and he did a little bit better job. They secured and held the B Burma Road. Shang was a little bit more co cooperative because it wasn't Vinegar Joe. But as it turns out, the Burma Road was just a piece of shit, this windy road, dirt road, where like none of the trucks could actually make it through. Um, so most of the supplies, even at the end of the war, were all airdropped over the hump anyway. <laughs> it's worth it. Well, yeah. at least they know. You know, sometimes yeah. you gotta play with fire flying, or burn down a few of your own cities. Yeah, flying's cool. Yeah, yeah. Travis, like Travis said, you want to see planes sometimes. Yeah, that's Those true. Are cool, dude. The Himalaya, you don't even need to climb it. Is that right? <laughs> Fly. <laughs> you fly it. Yeah, so, just take a flight. Old, old Mr. Sprinter, FDR, the fastest man yeah. in the States. The old $6 billion man. Yeah, the old uh, Usain Bolt of America. He died in 1945, and Chang was a bit nervous about the new president, President Truman. He's like, I don't know this guy. I don't. Me and FDR were buds, right? Even though he kind of treated <laughs> me like a little baby boy. Kind My of wife wish. always talked about how soft his lap was. <laughs> Except for that weird axle in the middle of his chair yeah, that he's he got talked that, about. It's a little poker. It's <laughs> a gear. It helps yeah. him shift. It's, gear, it's an emergency yeah. brake. It's his cock. It's a cock-shaped emergency <laughs> brake in the middle of his cock area. Um, he's, got a yeah. big, he's got a big Manchuria on top. <laughs> but I will say this. I think Truman is our peanut. Well... No, Carter was the peanut. <laughs> no, Carter was a gentleman who made things of peanuts. Right. Yeah. I thought about like who, who the closest thing to Mr. Planter himself was probably Truman. I think Eisenhower. If that's true, Eisenhower is the walnut. Nah. Yeah. He's a he's a walnut oh, on a man's body. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't have to do with nuts, but Truman. Now that you're, we're talking about what does he remind you of? He reminds me of Cotton Hill. But just less angry. Yeah. But just yeah. still that same like short king energy of like, hey, listen here now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to do what I say. <laughs> I don't know how into Truman we're going to get right now, but there's a very, there's like, if Cotton Hill had uh, serious like self confidence issues, like same kind <laughs> yeah. of yeah. like interests and where he wants to be involved, but like, a little skittish. Truman bombed the shit out of Japan because. He thought he had to. Yeah, because no one told him, like... It was one of those things, like, do you want, do you want a new Japan? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, do, well, do that's... Do I want a new Japan? Do you, do you want a <laughs> do new you? Japan? Yeah, he... If, of course, if you want to do it... Of course we're going to. Oh, then... The, I am a leader. Oh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll all nuke Japan. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, all nuke, we're all doing this we're together. We're going to nuke Japan <laughs> together, right? This is yeah. on us, okay? Right? And consensus, if it comes consensus. back, this is what we wanted. <laughs> Teamwork. Right? And I'll show them... <laughs> Truman's a weenie. He's really a w quite the weenie. Shucks. And I don't care that he j bombed Japan. I'm not saying that. I'm just, you know, he's just a weenie. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the reasons why uh, Truman decided to bomb Japan. We're going to talk about that right now. So there was an agreement uh, between the Allies that Russia would come and help the war in the Pacific once the Germans surrendered. Um, and, I mean, this would be like the nail in the coffin 
for the Japanese. Because at this point of the war, you know, they had lost so many, you know, they're kind of barely holding uh, on. Everyone knows what the outcome's going to be. Just not how we're going to get there. Right. Along yeah. with the Holocaust, that is a topic that they taught <laughs> almost secondary yeah. in school. Yeah. They're, well, not the bombs, just the war. Oh, right. Yeah. It was like the Holocaust, which was kind of surrounded by the war. Mm. And at the yeah. end, it was like, ah, oh, that's where anime comes from. Yeah. <laughs> anime comes from the Holocaust? No, the anime comes from the bombings. Oh, okay. Which I, I did watch some documentary thing on that and explained... It's a theory, and it seemed solid enough, but, like, anime stemming from, like, the combination of atomic fever, like, the obsession with the idea, and then, like, the Disney influence, which we covered recently, hmm. and how hmm. much they were they were just, like, the biggest thing on the market for every country. See, I kind of, I mean, I could kind of see that, but Japanese people have been drawing squid porn since, like, at least the 1800s. We no, have, I, like, wood blocks of, like, Yeah, like, this, the Shogun was like, can rail. you add another tentacle to <laughs> yeah. that wood carving? I know that wouldn't be accurate, but, you know, maybe this <laughs> Maybe squid, they got 12 tentacles. Yeah, yeah. just keep them stacking on. No, I mean, I meant, like, also, the, uh, the and drawing also style also, right. and the emotional aspect that seems to get injected into every single piece of anime I've watched where... Like they write this dialogue that is supposed to make you feel something, and it's just like this is fucking retarded. <laughs> like this is so dumb. Everything is dumb about this. But what were we saying, Trev? Well, I was gonna say the weirdness has always been there because I mean they have a monster that like sucks all of your organs out of your butthole, and has like there's another one that has an eye where its butthole is, and that's uh, my ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I dated her for a bit. So I, I always right. asked if I could poke her in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> poke her in the brown. She said only if I wasn't eating. She wasn't eating spicy stuff. Yeah, that no I could poke her in the eye. Mm. No Japanese bur tiny burritos. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the Germans or the Russians were going to get involved in the Pacific once the Germans were dealt with. <clears throat> now, like I said, it would have been a nail in the coffin for the Japanese, but the Americans really didn't want the Russians to get involved because. The second they got involved, they had to figure out, you know, how they're going to break up the conquered territory that they, they, they didn't want Russia having a say in the peace talks. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. they didn't want Russia no expanding leverage. into Manchuria or Japan or anything in the peace talks. This rebuilding process that, you know, George McGar or um, Douglas MacArthur set up like that was all American. They didn't want Russia involved, you know, <laughs> stay, stay out. out of our shit. So, I mean, there's uh, also Shang didn't want the Russians to get involved either because by 1945, it was clear that the KMT was vastly unpopular and the CCP was like growing out of control. So the Russians come in, there's like some more backing for the communist cause and his government's out, you know. Um, so with a fresh hole in the head of Hitler and the surrender of the Germans in, on May 7th, 1945, the Russians prepared for their invasion of Manchuria. And the U.S. was like, oh, fuck, we got to end this now, dude. And Truman's like, I don't know, boys, should we launch one of them nukes? Should we do it? Like what we said before? <laughs> <laughs> do are, are we? <laughs> this is what I, you, we've been thinking. 
I st- it's still I don't, I don't know if our listeners don't know this, but it's crazy that Truman was vice president and did not know about the nukes until after FDR died. Because no one trusted Truman. F- like, it's like, so no one, crazy. Nobody man. trusted Truman. Like he was somehow less he was less noticeable, less traction than Mike Pence. Oh my god. Like he had nothing. Like that guy was just put there as a placeholder. Yeah. Well, I mean, only Eisenhower, Reagan, and Donald Trump knew about the aliens at uh, uh, Area 51. They That's don't true. tell every president everything. Yeah. No. Only the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> only, only the, the good, good ones. Yeah. Oh, and Carter, too. I forgot. He's a, he loves his aliens. They actually told him after he was president. They're yeah. like, we Car- want to just fill you in. Actually, Carter's like whole thing with uh, the, the UFOs is nuts. It is. He, he, oh, really? Yeah, He's because so he, was, into it. he was elected already claimed to have seen a sighting oh, like he had an true. independent yeah. experience that was like that was definitely that was right. no peanut well and there's that a whole thing with eisenhower about how he disappeared for a few days to get surgery and during that period he was like having talks with an intergalactic yeah like, valiant thor yeah of course of <laughs> course well that's real the thing is about aliens is that when someone says i know about them, and they want to bring that up in conversation. I know they're full of shit. If Eisenhower was to come back <laughs> to Ike dead, did it. if Ike yeah. did it, then he, you know, then I'm like, okay, if you're talking about Ike Steam, then that's all we need to do. Yeah, Valiant is the way to go. Valiant himself, let's do it. Yeah. So, um, so, so Truman, I guess, learns about. Thank you for informing. Learns about the nukes. And oh says, yeah. It was Fuck like he, yeah. he died, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we got a little thing. We got to fill you in that's going on in New Mexico. All right. Uh, by the way, the first test is like tomorrow. So, it was like right <laughs> after that, they're like, "We got to do the Trinity test." Right. So yeah, he hears about this. He's like, "All right, let's skeet some nukes on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki." Now, the Russians, after seeing uh, the, the, the pop going off in uh, Hiroshima, were like, oh, fuck, we have to start our invasion. So two days after Hiroshima, they invade Manchuria with the help of the CCP. Because they're like, we got to get in there now, guys. Come on. This is going to end soon. Yeah. Quick, speed <laughs> it up. Speed it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the CCP had gone through a little bit of um, rebranding. They changed the name of their army from the Red Army to the People's Liberation Army. And they team up with the Russians and start to fight in the last days of the war, the Japanese out of Manchuria. Guys, we've been saving our strength for eight and a half years. Yeah. So now we're ready. Plus, yeah. rebrand. Yeah. Got a nice new name. Everyone's got new uniforms. We're feeling good. Yeah. Let's go chase them out. <laughs> they just started a new Insta. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where I'm going to leave off for today. We're ending with a nuclear blast. Wow. Nice. <gasps> Boom. Next episode. The second nuclear blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, next week we are going to finish up the story of Shang Kai-shek, and we're going to talk about how Mao smacks that bitch up, and also the formation of the sort of country, not country, of Taiwan. It's a country. That's the crazy thing, is that because John Cena said it the first time. Now it's true. Now, now it's true. true. Yeah. But it's now invisible it's now. They he also, can't take it back, though. They have a team that competes at the Little League World Series, so technically, yeah, country. That's oh, all you yeah. 
Exactly. I'm in. I'm yeah. fucking in. I've I got a lot of clothes made in Taiwan. That was my first exposure to the two Chinas. Was I asked my dad when I was like eight years old, hoping to one day play in the League World Series, like, what's Chinese Taipei? And he was like, well, <laughs> there's an island off the coast of China. <laughs> Sit down, son. We have to tell you about the one China t- and the other God. China. <laughs> we have to tell you about the two Chinas. <laughs> in Japan, they have the same kind of thing, but after they tell you the story, they go, now I need you to go to the store and get a map. Yeah. <laughs> when one, a $3 bill. <laughs> yeah. When one China loves another China a lot, uh, they make two Chinas. <laughs> it might have an island. <laughs> yeah. Travis, I, I need to tell you something. What's that? Firstly, I think you're doing a great job. Oh, thank you, dog. This is a very extensive research saga that you've created for us. We've uh, experienced a lot of Asian people and a lot of strangely named white people. Oh, yeah. You uh, know, Trinidad. Vinegar Joe. Yeah, yeah Vinegar Joe. Harry. <laughs> you know, I think it's funny because, like, and this was a lot of stuff I didn't, like, I was genuinely interested in this. I read, like, two books on it, and then I read the whole book on Night King, or I listened there to you that go. one. Right. But, and like, th- but, uh, you know, I never, in, in America at least, you just learn about the Pacific, you learn about parts of Europe, but you never really learn about kind of these other things that are happening during World War II. It really was a world war. You know, mm-hmm. um, you don't really learn about India so much besides if you're a film student, you watch Bridge Over the River Kwai or whatever. Or is that a Bridge Over the River Kwai or the what's the Bridge Too Far? I, no, I know Bridge I Too Far is Belgium. Belgium. Right. Bridge Over the River Kwai, Burma. Yeah, Burma. Yeah, I haven't watched it. But uh, the reason I want to tell you that you're doing such a great job is that I think I'd like to give you money. If I wanted to do that, how do I give you, Travis Lee, uh, one of the members of Roastmortem Cast, money? You need to go to patreon.com slash Cast and probably give the money there. I mean, we make some very good investments. <laughs> we only make investments, really. Yeah. Our we're t- investing in toddler infants now. We're, toddler we're, infants. Toddler yeah. assistance. <laughs> to- yeah, we're, well. Infant assistance also. <laughs> Who knows? In nine months, I might have someone be plugging in these cables for us. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Old enough to be doing uh, audio intern material. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, very good, Travis. Thank you very much for filling me in and making me feel like I am better than my neighbor for knowing anything about the East. Yes. Yeah, and if you want to really dig into the rape of Nanking, by all means, it's gross. <laughs> Do go to the Wikipedia well, page and read about it, but then also, uh, while that's happening, listen to the monkey song um, <laughs> on YouTube, and you won't cry. So I was, I was. Uh, I, well, one more thing before we go. I'm reading this. Or I read this book, and I was like, man, I never want to read anything else about rape of Nanking. That's enough. I know. I know it now. I get it. Um, and my mom is one of those people that just constantly read about the Holocaust, you know, like she's just yeah, fascinated be, by it. Like, and it yeah, makes her she cry grew up here, makes her cry, makes her do all that shit. I'm like, why do you put yourself through reading about the Holocaust over and over and over again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. She wants to be Jewish. I guess. She wants those paellas. She wants to shave her head and get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome stuff. 
Connor, do you have any uh, final thoughts? No, I'm excited for part four. Going to learn about the two Chinas. Can't wait. That's good. All right, I think I'm finally coming down from this ad roll. That's good. So it's t- it is a good time to wrap. That's good. You got to switch to boofing, dude. Yeah, I'm switching right away. Yeah. I'm going to switch. Not. I forgot I boofed it. Oh. I did. Okay, I did it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Dank. Bye. Dankums. Hell yeah.